Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. My name is Stuart Nash. I'm a filmmaker, educator, and the director of the Greater Erie Film Office. I'm John Lyons, filmmaker, teaching artist, and executive director of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania. Megan's in New York because she's too cool for us. This week, If Beale Street Could Talk, screening for the first time at Film Grain at the Bourbon Barrel, Wednesday, April 10th, as part of our downtown dinner and a movie series sponsored this week by Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated and Rho Sigma Zeta Chapter. Woo! This week, our guests, Jordan Held and Gus Trouth, animators, filmmakers, educators, and co-owners of More Frames Animation. Our roundtable discussion, the importance of a film series, film festivals, and curated programming in communities like Erie. And if you've never been to Film Grain, dinner and a movie event in downtown Erie, Pennsylvania, you need to get down there. Film Grain offers a big 16-foot screen, a great buffet with vegetarian options available. We have couch and table service all night long, and it's located at the Bourbon Barrel, 1213 State Street in Erie, Pennsylvania. Reserved table seats are $12, couch seats are $15, and they can be purchased through the Film Society, nwpa.org. So, John, let's talk about If Beale Street Could Talk. Yeah, so Beale Street Could Talk, nominated for three Academy Awards, came out last year. It won for Supporting Actress for Regina King. It was also nominated for Adapted Screenplay and Score. It's an adaptation of James Baldwin's novel, directed by Barry Jenkins, who won for Moonlight just a couple years back. The story of a young Harlem woman struggling after the wrongful reincarceration of her fiancé. It's a great look at abuse of power, community support, and loss of innocence in 1970s America. This is, as you mentioned, Stu, the first time you'll be able to see it on a big screen in Erie, which is a bit of a shame. And we'll get into more of this in our panel discussion, but the importance of curated programs like these so that Erie doesn't miss out on some of the best cinema coming out each year. And Gus, I understand you saw If Beale Street Could Talk. That's right, John. I saw it on a plane, so I on don't know a plane. How, yeah, how much that counts. I was into it. Was it in widescreen or was it cropped down in pan and scan? Uh, it was widescreen. Oh, okay. And uh, there's some romance scenes. Oh, and yeah. The plane was pretty fully loaded with... <laughs> That's pretty with kids, funny. and I, I was like tilting the screen away. It's one of those arm. Oh, good. Know. So at least you had control. It wasn't up in front of broadcasting no. yeah. everyone. Oh, that's funny. I would have thought they might have trimmed some of that down. But yeah, there's some good sexy time going yeah. on. Yeah. It said that it was, you know, at the beginning, it said this has been mo like modified, you know. Oh, yeah. Since it's on a plane. And then but, but they, they were still like, left a bit in there. All they did was throw that little bit in there. and... <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> I was right. ready for it. <laughs> That's right. Um, so it's it's a really good film. Um, Barry Jenkins, the way he handles characters in his frame, it's very intimate photography, very beautiful, and yeah, it's a it's a really um, really good story and important commentary on America. So some recommendations, related recommendations to those interested in this film and just great films in, in general. I Am Not Your Negro was a 2016 documentary on race in America and is also based on the writings of James Baldwin. That's on Amazon Prime. Crime and Punishment is another excellent documentary. Um, it's on the illegal 
quota practices that were exposed through this documentary. 2019, it was an Oscar nominee this year. It's on Hulu. Flint Town is also an excellent documentary series. It's on Netflix. It's about race and law enforcement in Flint, Michigan during the water crisis. And I would also recommend any of the films of filmmaker Ava DuVernay. There's 13th on Netflix, Selma, um, which is on FX or to rent, and Middle of Nowhere, you have to rent as well. Uh, We showed that in one of our previous film series, Film at the Erie Art Museum. So those are our recommendations, and if Beale Street could talk. And our summer program was recently announced. You can find out all of the films we're showing from May through August on our website, filmsocietynwpa.org. May through August, we've got a great summer pass special running right now. You can get a reserved table seat for every one of our screenings or a reserved couch seat. Tables are 100 bucks. Couches are 150 bucks, And it's a savings of over $50. And if you're not able to make a couple of the screenings, your passes are transferable. So give one to a friend and see you this summer. All right, we're now joined with Jordan and Gus from More Frames Animation. Welcome, guys. So I know about you, but tell me a little bit about and for our audience, too, who you guys are and what you do. Well, we are an animation studio based in Erie, and we do animations for, I mean, since we've been doing this, like anything, music videos, commercials, TV shows, architecture, major motion pictures, um, really anything. I mean, any any sort of avenue has approached us, like, as we've been doing this. To... Well, tell me about, our, uh, where'd, you get, where'd you go to school? What's well, your background in? What's your degree in? We went to school here at Edinburgh. Edinburgh University. Edinburgh University, that's wow. right. Just two fighting Scots here. Right. <laughs> so, well, Jordan and I actually, we were in, like, for whatever reason, we were in every single class the first, our first year. Oh, wow. They just, we were just grouped together. So that's how we became buddies. Yeah. And then slowly we became buddies with Calfi because this old guy. This, this old, old guy. Dude. And we started working with him on his film, Moon Boy. That got a staff pick on Vimeo. Yeah, in and the early days. In the early yeah. days. They, only, they weren't giving them out like candy. Yes. That got us to the Vimeo Awards. That got us the Halo thing. The, uh, the Halo thing. Yeah, let's talk. Explain a little bit. <laughs> well, uh, we got a call. This Calfi got a call one day, and it was like an executive producer at Three Four Three Studios. They were like, "Hey, we want you to do a short for us." So the Halo universe is giant. You know, there's comic books and books and all this stuff. And there's a there was a book, Halo Evolutions, a book of short stories yeah. based in the Halo universe. And they were they were making motion comics out of those oh, okay so like a limited animation so we did a three-part three three part series that probably ended up being like 20 minutes it's really long it was wow. very long I think and I then no like, one saw it because yeah. they just put it on like the halo exclusive like uh, platform is it on the xbox now? can you see it anywhere now is it? i don't know if officially you can it like people have it up on youtube because they just like okay. recorded it and put it up because they're like, fans okay i signed a kid's book at comic-con new york comic-con nice yeah it came up to me is that your first autograph yeah one and only <laughs> awesome. it's, a, it's a great example of uh, like thinking you're like well well we made it guys we yeah. did a halo thing and then like literally nothing came of it uh, like yeah. as far as because like, it was so like, I don't, niche, I have, I have no idea, but nobody saw it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. After we were done with it, I, I think like we didn't talk for like 
a month. We just lived in silence because it was just so like draining. Oh, um, I mean, oh. it's cool now because like people are like, oh, you could just name drop a couple. We did a Halo thing, and someone's like, oh, cool. Yeah. But like, did you say it was twenty minutes? Probably all put it, together. It took a sure, yeah, sure, something like project. that. How long would you say for our <laughs> listeners who aren't animators? Probably took a year. Like yeah, probably. I mean, it was the three of you working. Well, on we it. also uh, started on a different story with Cortana and Master Chief for all those nerds out there. But then they were like, "These characters are too like giant on our storyline. We don't want them to be interpreted a different way oh, or wow. drawn a different Very way." Protective. So we were all the way into storyboard stage on this different story, and they cut that. And they're like, "How about you do this one called Headhunters?" And then then there was like months of getting the design right right I believe and 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 I'm gonna get blasted on Twitter for this but uh, <laughs> uh, I believe they took the cannon in a different direction like like right after we were done with it so they kind of like buried all of the like stuff from that halo evolutions because it didn't really fit into like the grand plot theme this anymore. is a halo yeah. uh, podcast by the way <laughs> i was gonna say man I'll... <laughs> my son played it and that was about all well, you guys gotta keep on asking us questions you know yeah, we're no, just gonna no, keep on good. talking this is good this is, this, this is details this is what we like yeah so what happened after halo when was well, the next call we got uh, uh inc which is like a kind of like hardcore band mm, that sure. came back i think there was like their comeback album or something I had never heard of him, but Kalfi had seen, and that video turned out awesome, design-wise, and yeah. like going back and looking at that, I feel pretty. Proud. We were all depressed, so that led to good work, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, all right, let me ask you this now. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about your work and where it, how it's grown and evolved. But you have, I know, some big clients out there, all sorts of clients. But why do you stay in Erie? Why is the choice to stay uh, instead of hitting, say, a larger city in the top twenty markets? Well, originally it was just because it's so affordable to live here. You know, when we started paying rent for an office, like the overhead is very minimal, right? So yeah. I think there was a there's definitely at least I'm speaking for myself here, but it was. Big cities are scary. <laughs> I was oh, like, I sure. don't want to like just... Well, I mean, we all went to Edinburgh, so yeah. it's easy for us to just travel a half hour north and live in Erie. And... and we kind of had a job. We had two music videos right at, from Adam, Calfee, right yeah. off the bat. He started getting music videos from this hip-hop artist, Ill Bill, who was also a really big pie wedge of the oh, beginning yeah, of sure, Morphine. absolutely. I love that video. He bankrolled us for a while. Yeah. War uh, is my destiny. Was that it? Yeah, my uncle. My uncle's the first, uncle's my the first. Oh, my uncle. which oh, Calfi okay. pretty much animated by himself, which really? is insane. And it's like very heavy. And that's when we were still doing traditional on paper and pencil and scanning in the images and then coloring, which takes like wow so long. Wait, so how long? So you were doing all of that in paper and pencil up to this point in your timeline? Yes, or? we were like all paper because that's what Edinburgh. That's what we came from. We were like, oh, we have to be as good as Disney. And then yeah. not all of us had the like great computers or Cintiqs right. and stuff. The, the software wasn't quite where it is now. So, I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this, but because of the internet and the ability of computers, you can work from anywhere, right? Well, yeah, I mean, we just kept on getting jobs and then we got interns from Edinburgh and it was like, and that first batch was really good. Oh, and yeah. we were making more, it was like on our fourth or fifth Ill Bill music video, and they helped a bunch, and so we just kind of kept on trugging along, and right. I still don't really. And then it's just like we just were. It's just we're just here. Yeah, and feel... we're not. You know, I don't know. It just was that, and we we're getting high-profile jobs, so we we're like, we're stealing jobs from L.A. and New York. Yeah. Beautiful. And we Sweden just kept yeah. coming. It's funny we have like freelancers that live in L.A., and I think that's very comical. 
you know, like, like. Would you attribute that to the technology though? Well, bottom line, uh, technology and a lot of those, most of the people that we work with are former interns of ours that are now working at South Park and stuff, or friends of ours that have been working at South Park or other things. Age of learning. Age of learning. We do a lot of uh, uh, kids. Uh, stuff for babies. Stuff for babies now. Hey, uh, never pays the bills. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, but yes. In short, the technology for sure. The internet. I mean, even Adam living in Texas. That's, well, is, that was my next. Is thing. Not so with a, one third of your team moving away. How does that affect your work? Well, that's how we started too. Because he, when he was finished with uh, school, he moved back in with his parents in Tennessee, Memphis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh wow. So he was in Memphis at the beginning when we were kind of. So it's always been like a communications, okay. you know, a long-distance relationship. I suppose it hasn't really affected it at all. I mean, of course, it's nice for your, like, friend to be in the same physical space as you, but other than that, like, we would kind of almost just talk via Skype anyway, even say, though yeah. we were in the same room, so now... There is a, like, a zoning-in kind of thing that I don't think people understand, like, oh, let's go get lunch. It's like, no, I'm going to eat lunch at my... I, I eat lunch... I work from home a lot of the time now. I just eat lunch still at my desk. I don't. I could eat it anywhere. Right. We, we don't allow lunch breaks at more. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. They, I don't think well, our, our interns. I think are intimidated because they they're like, they just see us eating. We know we don't leave our desk. Yeah, I don't know what they think of us. I often I often wonder. Yeah, don't ask. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. I call it the zone too. You know, it's like it's like hitting a time warp when you're editing, and all of a sudden you look oh. up, five hours have gone by, and you're still banging it That's out. That's the place to be. Right. That's, that and sometimes totally... I don't even get there until five o'clock, and then right. And then, then I'm also like, yeah, all night. I better. Nah, you should jump off. <laughs> I've, I've recently There's heard beer that. to drink and video games to play. My yeah, God. Yeah, I've recently right. heard that being described as a flow state. Living the flow state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your clients. What's your biggest big ticket client so far? I would say the coolest thing we have done is this uh, Under the Silver Lake um, movie that mm-hmm. hasn't come out yet that I two weeks? hope to God it actually comes out. Yeah. <laughs> but A24. It's the director of uh, It Follows. Right. It's, his, it's his follow-up. And it's got Andrew Garfield. In. I mean, it's yeah. giant. And we were a big part of the process of that. And an ex-intern, Milo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. He's a, like, he was better than us. So if he if he's was five years or whatever, six years mm-hmm. behind us and is better than us then, wow. like, he was just incredible. So and he so, got you onto this project? Yeah. Milo? He was actually, he did the zines, the, 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 the comics that are in the film. Our, our part in it was animating the zines. Bringing, bringing the scenes to life. Yes. Yeah. So, how much footage did you guys? Would you approximate you've done how for much, the what, project? So we don't know how much is in. What, the what no, I would imagine no, is actually in. We we did the end credits, which I hope are still in. There. Awesome. And the last review we saw that they mentioned there's two animated sequences in it. So I hope that's yeah. Us. Adam <laughs> found a review from like two weeks ago or something, oh, and awesome. it it mentions two animated sequences. Yeah. So we I. I think that maybe two, right. two, I wake two, up two at least. I wake up in a cold sweat <laughs> once we, a week. We've been waiting <laughs> like, forever for this to come out. Yeah. It's like that they're just because stuff. I mean, George Clooney got cut out of uh, Thin Red Line. Right. Don't remind they're me. Not, not George Clooney. It was He's in the very else. end. Yeah, yeah. But he has a whole part that they cut. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just not. You just don't know. It's a normal thing for them to cut stuff like that. Right. There was a lot of the film that they didn't complete yet, so we were doing um, in the style of the motion comic uh, storyboards. And animatics for them, for that will never be seen. Yeah, you know, you know, they would send us stuff, and we get to see the early and more frames was uh, watermarked across the the cool. footage. It was just you know, it was a lot. Did of fun. you guys have much um, contact with the director directly, or 
Yeah, there's some emails back and forth. Uh, we also worked with like a executive producer that was sort of the okay, you know. Yeah, but I, th- I think there was a little bit for sure. Alfie has he's our main like. Uh, He's your client or your agent. He reads and he reads and writes better than us. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do that very well. So uh, he takes care it's of probably all a little bit better. Than the, uh... Well, let's talk South by Southwest. Yeah, what's going on with that? What do you guys? What's your involvement there? Shaggy nice. Welsh hooked us up with the South by Southwest. So South by Southwest is giant now. I mean, it's like it's movies, it's a movie festival, a music festival, and a gaming festival, and everything in between, yeah. seemingly. And we were asked to do the intro and outro for the gaming awards. So the gaming awards would open and yeah. opened up to our little sequence. And then when it ended, it, and, and then we did all the interstitials, which would be best gamer of the year, Stingers. best VR game of the year. Yeah, all of those things. Right, right. Wow. What do you call them? They call them interstitials. Interstitials. We call them stingers. Okay. Stingers. Yeah. <laughs> little zappers, anyways. Tomato, you guys were tomato. There? You guys were there for the right. awards? Oh, we were... At South by Southwest, were we at the awards? I can't. No. No. Uh, I think Calfi went and saw the opening. Uh, yeah, Calfi swung by, but I don't know. We, Too cool? You didn't want well, to see, I don't know. see we, your we, work? We, a lot of, we did. I actually think I was asleep at the time. There's a lot going on. It It's like. Priorities, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's like you make the thing and you're like, yeah, I know what this is all about. And then people are happy with it and you're like, it's going to play at this thing. And, all right. Um, well, how was the experience at South by? Uh, it was incredible. It was amazing. It's like there should be more hours in the day. It's like you try to do all these things and you can only do so many. And you're We like, got the platinum passes too, which was a lot of fun and nice. let you pretty much the VIP lane. And you got the. Uh, get press passes if you jumped on it fast enough. It was like 9 in the morning, and if you hit the button fast enough, you got one. They sold out really fast. But we, we got there later in the week, so we missed most of the movies. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mostly music in the interactive game conference going on by the yeah. time we were there. I saw some famous people. Uh, we were staying in the same hotel as some famous people. Oh. I saw Eric Warheim uh. Uh, of Tim and Eric. Yep. Uh, I saw uh, Steve Ogg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Westworld. I talked to him. He was a cool guy. Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, Broad City. Yeah, nice. Um, he was smooching with the famous people. Yeah, I was nice. uh, in the middle of a bunch of. I had I had enough Lone Stars that I was <laughs> the confidence. All right. Well, I got to ask you too before we wrap this up here. Um, your work with the director who's sitting here from Unearth. What can you tell me about that? How's that going? Deep, deep in post production. <laughs> I have these bags under my eyes because... Uh, what are you doing for the movie, exactly? Visual effects, I suppose, would be the, the overarching word, but, you know, your normal sort of removal and amping stuff up and... Uh, Some good enhancements. Yeah, enhancements, I think we've been calling them. That's uh, good, yeah. I would say a lot of it would be if you don't... If you were like, was there even any CG in that? It would be the, the proper thing. Yeah. There probably is a lot, but you wouldn't see any of it. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, yeah. Hopefully yeah. You, you won't notice like 80% of it. That would be the ideal goal. A good editor, you don't notice anything. Sure, If right. you notice something, then something's wrong. Unless you win Best Editing at the Oscars this past Ooh. year. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Let's not talk about that, Bohemian. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we shot as much practical as we could. And then, uh, so then we bring in the, the wizards at more frames to make it better. It's a long time coming, you know. For sure. So, 
it's great to be at this point and kind of have the finish line in sight. Well, any final words? What do you got coming up? Is there anything you want to tease coming up besides some unearth? You're looking work? for employees or anything well, like that? Uh, well, you can always uh, find us on Instagram. Or What's your web address? Just moreframes.com. And uh, you can just, there's contact at moreframes.com. There's also an intern contact if you guys, if anybody wants to intern. People just want to talk animation stuff. We like that. So we have, we have some potentially exciting things kicking around, but nothing solid enough to say anything. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. always kind of uh, cool the, stuff. I'm very wary of mentioning anything because it's like everything's yeah. so. The, the coolest that's thing a good is. train of thought because when you mention it, then it usually dissolves and it doesn't happen. But if you don't, maybe it does happen. I would. <laughs> Look out for Under the Silver Lake in theaters. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And um, if there's no animation in it, uh, shed a tear for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks again, guys, for joining us today on Film Grain. Uh, again, Jordan Held and Gus Trout of More Frames Animation. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So we got into talking about South by Southwest and um, the importance of film festivals where you can see a lot of content that does not normally come through our multiplexes. And also, as you know, we host our own weekly film series at the Bourbon Barrel on Wednesday nights. So it got us thinking about the state of cinema right now. And maybe we can even touch on streaming platforms as well. Um, but we love the theater, the theater experience, and so I looked up. There's a really good website actually looking up some of this historical information. Um, it's called cinematreasures.org. Uh, that's where you can find out how many theaters um, were ever in this region, and it was interesting to see that there were 24 that are closed, 24 theaters in northwestern Pennsylvania now closed, including I think probably the the biggest one people would recognize is the West Erie Plaza Cinema. But looking at the statistics, there's actually 41,000 screens in America as of 2018, and that number is actually steadily increasing. I know we hear a lot of reports about ticket sales being down, but actually it's it's gone up. Like just 10 years ago, there were 34,000 screens. So there's more screens out there. There's uh, two different kinds of releases at the theater. There's the wide release, which would be all of your big, you know, studio films like The Avengers coming out right now. And a, anything that's a wide release is on 600 or more screens in the U.S. Now, the number of wide release films released each year, that's actually going down. There's less big budget movies being made. So the peak was about 2006, and in that year there were 156 wide release films out. Now we're down to about 120, 130 per year. But a lot of these films, you know, have budgets of over 100, 200 million dollars. So yeah, major Hollywood movies now open on about 4,200 screens on their opening weekend. And uh, about half of the top 40 box office titles from week to week are in the wide release category. The other category is limited release, 
which is what we're talking about with Under the Silver Lake. So films that usually come out on less than 600 screens. These are usually films that open at film festivals. They have lower budgets, but you know, anything under now probably under $50 million is probably considered a limited release type of film. And they usually start in a platform release cycle. So they will open in New York and LA, so you'll always see commercials for, you know, this great looking movie that was at South by Southwest or Cannes or Sundance and it's opening, you know, this weekend. But then you look at the listings in Erie and you're like, well, what the hell? I don't see that movie. And then it depends on how it does, you know, those those first um, few weeks if a place like Erie's going to get these movies or not. So... Um, looking at some of this information from Cinema Treasures, we had Mill Creek 123, which was inside the Mill Creek Mall. Do you remember that, Stu? I saw Star Wars there for the very first time. Matter of fact, I think the air conditioning went out in the uh, movie theater and it was a hot summer night. Nice. I swear. Did I that did. add to the experience? Uh, you know what? I was blown away. Nothing could have yeah. altered my zone that yeah. night. Wow. It was a life-changing experience. That's a great one. This is episode one we're talking about? Oh, no, easy. We're going in production order. (laughs) Don't start that argument. So Mill Creek 123 opened in the 70s and closed in 1997. Then there was Mill Creek 6, which was outside the Mill Creek Mall. You're actually forgetting one that's not on here. Cinema World. Where was Cinema World? Cinema World was located basically where like the Nautilus is on uh, 15th in Pittsburgh. Really? That whole strip mall section there, if you drive like to 15th in Pittsburgh, uh, that was Cinema World. They had, How like, many screens did they have? Ten, I want to say. Wow. You're blowing my mind right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, I didn't know about that at all. That was before my time. Well, it was definitely the same time as uh, the mall, one, one two, two three. and three. Isn't that by like the train tracks? Yep. Wow. You're right. Not a great place to put a cinema next to the train tracks. You're absolutely correct because yeah. you could hear this light rumble. Well, then you could still hear the rumble of the next movie next door to you, too. Though. Sure. Unless you're watching a train movie. <laughs> <laughs> they specialize Two in shades train or, movies. Yes. Uh, Under Siege uns- 2. Unstoppable. <laughs> Unstoppable <laughs> was there on nine screens. Yes. <laughs> wow. That's that's great, Stu. Well, Only our, train movies. <laughs> so... Mill Creek 6 opened in the late 80s and closed in 2012. And then we have uh, Cinemark Tinseltown, USA, which is our sole chain uh, right now. Opened in 1996 and has 17 screens. So um, until about the early 2010s, Erie mostly got just wide release big Hollywood movies. Starting in the early 2010s, they would do, as they still do now, whatever films were nominated for Best Picture Oscars, then you would kind of get all of those for like a weekend. But otherwise, we weren't really getting a lot of stuff. But the studios and distributors, they always watch regional interest, right? And since then, as you guys talked about before, Cine Arts, you know, Cinemark has started doing their Cine Arts, which is where we get a lot more limited release films. In addition, there's specialty programming at the Erie Movie House on Westlake Road and the big green screen at the Tom Ridge Environmental Center, of course, uh, shows a lot of environmental documentaries. Uh, do you remember Maxwell's? 
<laughs> no, Stu, you're going to I know. Gonna Maxwell's my was mind. a VHS, uh, before Blockbuster and everything. You'd go into Maxwell's, and they'd have a rack of movies on the walls, and you'd basically say, can I watch that movie? And they'd put you into this little room, this little, like, little cubicle with a, a bench in there, and you'd watch the no, latest re- release. And that was located <laughs> really? right that next to... Uh, a business model right That there. was located next to uh, Farrier's Hardware. On Damn. 26th Street. Reminds me of something else. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, yeah. It's got this very uh, adult movie well, store kind of feel to it. I think it's Powell and uh, 12th Street still has a family video. And it is yeah. Oh, yeah. hopping all the time. Wow. They also have a uh, pizza ne- shop connected to it. Yeah. And then the other thing, too. Shop. I mean, we used to have literally 10 drive-in movie theaters in this region. And there's not right. a single one open anymore. So with all of that background... Um, you know, and thinking about Silver Lake and thinking about, you know, the, the programming that we're trying to bring to Erie, I just wanted to open it up to all of you guys because I know you're all avid watchers and kind of add in, you know, what Netflix is doing and Amazon. And I've talked to you guys specifically about Netflix. I'm a little concerned that because Netflix is, you know, their model is turning more and more into their Netflix Originals brand. When I log into Netflix, this is my little sidetrack gripe. Everything that's suggested to me as like new releases or whatever are their series that are like two or three years old. And, you know, I can tell that it's like a favorable model that's not really like I'm a person. I want to go in there and find like actually what is new on Netflix. I'm not interested in, you know, season two of you know, BoJack Horseman or whatever that they're calling a, a new um, a new release. Ugh, it's animation. Very, it's very good, though. It's very good. But, I, I mean, so we have all of this access, right? Um, but I'm a little concerned that maybe people aren't being exposed necessarily to the best of the best. That's why I think, to, to defend what we do, I think curation is really important because, you know, people will come out in droves to see A Star is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody because they love Queen or, you know, they, they love Lady Gaga and, um, you know, they know these stories, they're familiar, and we can get into the franchises and, and things like that as well. But I'm a little concerned that the better movies, like, for example, not to not to shit our, on our audience at all, but I asked... Uh, what was it? When we did the encore screening of A Star is Born, we had um, like 80, 90 people in the audience, all super excited. And I was talking about if Beale Street could talk and that they should come out and see that. And I'm like, because you guys know Moonlight, right? It won a couple, it won like the Oscars a couple years ago. I'm like, raise your hand if you saw Moonlight. I'm not even kidding. Not one single hand went up. And I was like, holy shit, like, that's maybe a problem, you know? People are missing some real, change. real gems. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a, you, there's like a seal you have to break in your mind to even like that kind of thing. It's yeah. like when I was younger, it's like my dad would be like, oh, Lawrence of Arabia's on, come watch it with me, it's the best. And I'd be like, oh my God, whenever Predator comes on, get me in here, but otherwise <laughs> leave me out of this. And then I went to college and I took some experimental film classes and a lot of it was BS, but like kind of changed my perspective on shit. And, uh, you know, and then now Lawrence Arabia is like my favorite movie. I think people just, and I I get what you're saying that you want 
people to experience what you experience and like you know how good it can be yeah and if people just could sit and wade through the kind of slow burn of a lot of those movies they yeah. might find that oh that's actually way more worth it than this instant gratification of like marvel movies and such not that i like those movies yeah um yeah uh, that's interesting though it's formulaic and they're over they just beat the hell out of it well yeah but whenever you put 200 million dollars into a movie it's of gonna course. have to <laughs> do something yeah. right. i guess my main critique with those is there's no stakes so it's like, yeah. a, a you don't I don't relate to any of the characters like on a char- yeah it's popcorn entertainment right it's bright lights it's explosions it's great action it's engineered to perfection but at the end of the day I don't remember one of those movies really well, if I, for us is a little different because yeah. we come from the animation world right. so you can appreciate the, the like art the, oh it's insane I mean it's insane yeah. Those are really like art movies for animation it's a, and visual The accomplishment effects. of it is on the scope of like, every, and they do it every time, but it's on the scope of, I mean, maybe this is being hyperbolic, but Alex Holden doing a solo climb, like yeah. that amount of people coming together and creating what they do, where a lot of it you don't even notice that right. it is CG. Obviously Spider-Man grand. flipping through the air is CG, but. Yeah, it's usually worth it for like three, four, five minutes sequences that are like really cool yeah yeah when captain and, like, america that's what captures I, he grabs the spear like that's what i remember yeah. more than the actual movie yeah. you know as right. like a, something that has like a beginning middle and yeah end. like the last event what was the last was it infinity war was the last one mm-hmm. infinity war well okay. no well i guess i didn't see it but uh oh, captain marvel captain marvel didn't see it which is supposed oh, to be and that's right. a director who did, what did he do he did something like he's an indie guy well that's uh ryan and anna yeah, Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden, who oh, they, um, oh, they, they did, uh, they did really, Nelson. yeah, really great indies. Oh, wow. Yeah, Half Nelson's That's forever what I, ago. Yeah, which is great about Marvel because they're hiring like you know they hire a lot of yeah. kind of indie Got stars. Take that money. Yes, but in the last, I was gonna say the scene that I really liked in the last Avengers movie was when they're all fighting Thanos sure. on that plant. Oh, it's like Avengers fighting all at once. It's, it's like amazing. A, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, like for for me for like. For the most part, things like that are kind of yeah. what you're there for. Sure. I don't know if there's too many of those movies that are like that satisfying of a movie watching experience. But there can be, for sure. Oh, well, yeah. It, and it usually, for me, is when there's good character development and they actually take a little bit of time with making you care about what's going to happen in these outrageous The first situations. one, the first Avengers, was one of the best movie-going theater-going experiences I think I had ever had. It was a midnight showing. Everybody was as excited as the next, and everybody laughed at the right time. Yeah, really. Ho- hooped yeah. and hollered at the right time, cheered yeah. at the right time, and it was it was awesome. It wasn't like one nerd freaking out because Darth <laughs> Vader is, like, killing everybody. This is the time you're supposed to freak now, out. Now, don't, don't ever watch it again, the <laughs> Avengers, but, like... Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even ever rewatch these things because yeah. it's like, I just want to keep that experience. Yeah. In, for the most part, in my, you know, like it's like a roller coaster ride or something. I think it's right. kind of like people that don't watch sports, but then they watch the Super Bowl or whatever. It's sort of like, yeah, I'm going to go out and see the Super Bowl of movies. Right. I'm not going to watch this right. other movie. It's, <laughs> you know, it's for losers. It's first se- the first week season you know, yeah. game. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very but um, speaking, going back to the Netflix thing, do you find that like 
because there's so many quality television shows out now mm. that, that diverts your attention from watching movies because I would definitely agree with that for me personally, especially in the past year. I mean, a lot of other reasons too, but I find myself, like I've watched a decent amount of the shows, but the movies, yeah. which it doesn't make any sense because the shows take a lot more time to watch, but right. like, yeah. I, but I choose to do that instead of watch the movie. It's very interesting. I think that to me plays into... I think that makes my argument on watching better movies. I think you watch series because they take the time, you know, to set everything up and get into that world building and get into that character development. And I think it has maybe the potential for higher payoff, you know. Yeah, I think so. Because you can kind of spread it out and sustain all that magic instead of like in a movie you have to have your shit together like in yeah. an hour and a half By two ten, hours. Yeah. Uh, page 10 of yeah, the script has exactly. to, like, you already have to have everything laid out i yeah. find myself like like if i'm gonna watch a movie i'm like well i gotta just pay attention and not be doing anything else and like because <laughs> of that compressed but like if it's a show i'll be yeah. like oh, i could eat and, and watch it or I, do this, this. this is this is the conversation alex and i my, and, my wife yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my new wife. Uh, <laughs> my wife. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard for me not to say that all the time. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's just watch it. Let's watch a show. Or let's rewatch something we've seen in like thirty rounds. Yeah, there's two things happening right now. The it's the golden age of TV, and it's only kind of getting better. I mean, yeah, uh, better, kinda... and I would say maybe potentially worse because there's so much so that's coming at it to a head and then yeah. there's also like streaming is what is becoming more popular too yeah so i find myself like i don't want to go to the theater there's going to be teenagers there talking somebody's going to open their cell oh phone it's going yes. to and it, yes. that makes me so mad <laughs> yeah. that i don't want to go so i just rent a movie and watch it at home yeah and i can pause it whenever i want i can go grab a beer i don't have to pay Thirty dollars for though, and seeing it on oh, the I agree. big screen. Right? It is the best experience if it is. If I could rent out the it's theater, it's not a Friday night premiere, <laughs> and like yeah. cut everybody else out. Yeah, yeah I, I was, would pay. I would pay a hundred dollars to go see a movie. When I go, if there was just if, if it, it was you kind of <laughs> set up all the logistics around. There's no one else. Like yeah. you have to be like TSA that. approved to come <laughs> yeah. in. Well, it's almost one reason why I think John started yeah. the film series, uh, you know, mm-hmm. initially. You know, it was to bring in, obviously, quality movies. We don't have talkers. We don't have cell phone people. Yep. I've yelled during at some people. But we well, now I would say at the Erie Art the Museum, end. we had that problem. But I, we haven't had that problem at the oh, Bourbon great. Barrel at all. And maybe it's because people have been, you know, fed and they're drinking and, you know, they're actually, like having a good time and focused yeah. and not so distracted. Right, like a Alamo Draft House right. feel. Well, what do you think about, because some of these TV shows, you know, they're such events. Like, I was thinking, man, it would be cool to have, like, the first episode of Game of Thrones, like, this new season. Since they're two hours long, they're essentially movies. That's a great idea. Like, you could do that. In a, Send in out a setting uh, or can you just little do that? scrolls. You have to give HBO some some. some yeah, you. I'm sure you yeah, have to right. set you just, you just yeah. can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's so much crossover, like even with shows. Like you oh, could yeah. you could start having a community experience around these big event series too. I think. Well, another thing I had real quick about these big movies and the, and the sports analogy is yeah. it's like. Oh, we know all the players and like what's right. like. I know these guys. Hey, you hear about Captain America? Yeah, Captain America. Like it's brand it's, awareness yes. is already built in. But so yeah. how do we? I guess the struggle is. 
So for me, the art, my argument is, if you like these, if you find yourself watching a lot of TV series, I believe it's because the quality and the time taken with these shows pulls you in more. Sure. And that would be my argument to like why somebody should watch and like Moonlight or Beale Street Could Talk or Under the Silver Lake or, you know, any of these like limited series, like, like limited release movies. I would say for us on that part of the community thing, it's like we, oh, it's the director of Moonlight. I love Moonlight. Right. I want to see this movie. Absolutely. Oh, it's the guy from that It Follows. That's amazing. I can't wait to see yeah. his movie. Like, that's how we, I usually approach. Right. But now it's like, oh, they're doing this TV show, you know. Like well, I, uh, Nicholas some Wingding Refn, whatever, he's, have you seen the trailer for his new movie? <laughs> Nicholas Winding Refn? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His new TV show? No, I have, uh, I've heard of it. a prime show, and yeah. it looks incredible. Yeah. I mean, uh, hey, they yeah. have the money. They're, you know, they're pulling in great, great artists all John, the time. I know you were a fan of the first season. Did you watch any of the OA season two? I've watched it all. Yeah. So have I. Yeah. Because <laughs> you love you love um, that that I girl. Like that, what? I love Britt Marlin. Yeah. She's yeah, great. She was great. Yeah, she's great. I think that you can take risks. It would be really hard to like make an OA like movie. You know, that would be like probably a really low budget, limited audience. But the, just the fact that something like the OA can be on Netflix and in front of so many eyeballs is Did that they like, gave somebody huge. money to make that? Dude, <laughs> don't shit on the OA. No, no, I the like OA it. is weird <laughs> and quirky. Uh, there, I, like the octopus thing I thought was like amazing and unexpected. Oh, if they have an idea, they just kind of go for it. And like they don't really. Yeah. It usually like at first feels like crappy but right. then like you're like oh that was fine yeah and i like they push the line i like all that the time yeah, yeah between like this could become so silly but somehow all the time they, yeah you're like this is really stupid yeah and then they're like oh, okay, i'm into yeah, it right, i'm into yeah. it the, there is a bit of a double-edged sword with what you're talking about because people like you just said yourself like netflix gave that show a, a, a chance yep and uh, a lot of these people get these chances and sometimes they fail mute Mm. Well, I couldn't even mm, yeah, like watch two was, seconds of that movie. Yeah, that was but, tough. But uh, it's that Netflix is like, oh, you, you know, uh, some giant uh, Hollywood right. would, uh, words wouldn't give you uh, money. We'll give right. you money. We have all the money in the world. Yeah, yeah, and they're throwing it out there. And Apple's gonna be doing that really uh, soon but, here but as like, well. Prime, Amazon Prime has come like at first it was like, oh, wolf, these are not good shows. Yes. Now. Uh, Patriot is one of the best shows I think I've is one, might be one of my favorite things I've ever even seen. Ooh, oh Homecoming. Homecoming is uh-huh. great. Homecoming yeah. is incredible. Homecoming. Uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel is very good. Like Hannah. So Hannah. good. I, I haven't watched Hannah yet. It's good. But uh, I believe Gus and I saw Hannah in the theater yeah. when it was a major motion picture. I saw that, that was good well. too. That was super yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I remember that? being yeah. very good. Yeah. Joe What's... Wright, great director. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Huh, wow. All right, so we've kind of tap danced around a, a bit of this. Um, yeah, so these are this is the landscape now. These are the challenges. Well, I would in my closing argument, yes. I think that showing th- these uh, film showcases are great for letting people understand There's movies are cooler than than <laughs> Avengers and like the yeah. the Oscar nominees and stuff, and that uh, they're they're missing out on a lot of stuff, and it's a great opportunity to find that. Yeah. On the other side is like, oh, there's this movie about uh, some subject that's kind of taboo, 
and I've never seen stuff like that, and it's going to offend me, and I'm going to make a bunch of noise because I'm from a small town. Right. There's a little bit of that worry when I go to the movie, at least, mm, that sure. there's going to be that person. I like, uh, I, oh, all the time. It call me by your name. Like, I'm nuts. not. I'm sorry, John, I'm not going to come to the showing of that because I just can't, the awkwardness in the uh, theater is going to be. Uh, yeah, I think just as a, as a final thought, curation is really important. I mean, I guess, like, hasn't, like, I don't know, how did I know to listen to, like, Arcade Fire and Broken Social Scene in the early aughts is because, like, Pitchfork made wrote a good review about it, you know, right. when, when they were good. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and, you know... Or just, agree with you on that. Or, or just, like, <laughs> I don't know, you read Rolling Stone magazine or, the, like, like some food reviewer that you like that tells you to go to this restaurant yeah. that, that you would have never known about. Like, I think... Like, we need that in, like, everything. Yeah. I suppose you might stumble upon something that's really good just by chance sometimes, yeah. which would be great. But, I mean, for the most part, yeah, right. you kind of need to, like, trust people that uh, that have good taste or something. So, like, when Roger, e, Roger Ebert gives a good review to something, you're yeah. like, oh, man, I got, I got to see this, yep. you know? like When Tim Heidecker on Office Hours, great podcast, uh, he says, listen to this song or watch um, Russian Dolls. Boom, oh, watch yeah. Russian Dolls. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, curation's important. Yeah, absolutely. Discovery, trusting, trusting your curators yeah. and programmers. I mean, is that just a YouTube personality for for kids now? I'm, not, I'm just like seriously though, like right? I'm not really sure what that is now because they're not like reading a magazine or watching a show where people are reviewing movies like you know we might have or something. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Stu, where do you go to find out about um, the things you want to watch? Where do you get your word of mouths? He calls me up and I tell him everything. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I used to, my standard was Roger and Ebert watching the trailers uh, on PBS in the morning when I was a kid. Siskel you know? and Ebert. S- excuse me. I, I go back Roger and watch and those now. Do you? Oh, they're great. They're what was great. the only way to see trailers? Mm-hmm. You know, And obviously prior to the internet, we don't have this mass media implosion of movies, movies, mm-hmm. music, games, all that stuff. Honestly, it would have to be through your curation oh, okay. <laughs> at the film, uh, film grain, the film at the Erie Art Museum. I mean, you can pick them. Thanks, really buddy. Uh, and it helps me weed through the garbage. Here's your $10. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what my go-to thing is uh, for movies and stuff is Slash Film. Oh, they're good. They're so good. They're kind of right on my level yep. of liking nerdy stuff and Avengers-y stuff to liking, like, yeah. all, they, they have the their finger on all the festivals, all the cool things coming out. Yep. I like IndieWire. I used to do the playlist, but I think they've gone downhill a lot. What about you, Jordan? Yeah, Slash Film's pretty great, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, and Pitchfork, you said. Well, it could, you know, listen, it could just because I'm getting old and, like, I just... But they got, These damn they got, kids they got bought by Condé Nast or something recently, so I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't think there is, uh, like... There's like a little edge to them, the, the yeah. X factor that they that publication used to have with the reviews and stuff. Yeah, that it kind of maybe doesn't have, or maybe I'm just not in, as interested in the music that's that's that they're championing. My Spotify uh, Discover Weekly is is where I, it it works, man. I find tons of good music on that. A lot of times it's listening to bands talk about other bands, and then if you haven't heard them, you you're like, oh, you know, yeah, like that kind of thing. Cool. Same with like directors and stuff if, um, on podcasts. Yeah. A lot of podcasts. Are we on a podcast? <laughs> I don't know.
Okay, so thanks for joining us today, Jordan and Gus, for more Frames Animation and talking about uh, curation of films, film festivals, and our region. Be sure to check out our film curated series, Film Grain, at Bourbon Barrel. This week we'll be showing If Beale Street Could Talk. If you want tickets, you can find those at filmsocietynwpa.org, and you can also purchase those at the door. Again, it's this coming Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. And make sure to follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Grain. This podcast is produced by Edinburgh University's Center for Branding and Strategic Communication. It's part of the Northwest Pennsylvania Innovation Beehive Network.